Man, you know, I was during worship. I'm just praying, and uh, thanks, Rob. And uh, I'm like, Lord, how how am I going to start this? You know, um, but I tell you what, Eric's prophecy was so 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 good um, about a distinction, and uh, that there are good things coming, but so much more than how we must, we need to be distinct in all that we do. I want to start off actually in Psalm 45, verse seven. And then we'll get into the, the message. Your, you love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore God, therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. Man, that distinction between righteousness and, and, and wickedness. How much of that it needs to be in us, that true distinction. But we're carrying that distinction everywhere we go. And so I know for my family exactly what we're working on right now. And so I'm going to start off with this. It is Christmas time, right? And we're all going to be somewhat traveling to see family. But that distinction, I can tell you the revelation the Lord has given me and my wife, is that there really is a true distinction between the righteous and the wicked. Amen. And I want to tell you right now, do not take that time lightly wherever you go. It is a standard that we must truly uphold. I feel that deep within my bones. You can't sit at the table of mockers. Okay? We really do have to be a people of distinction. And so wherever you go, whatever you do, bring the light of Christ. And bring, bring righteousness. But know that his standard must stand. Amen? All right. So now we'll get in the word. That was just a, a nugget that I had so uh, that I got. All right, so tonight, I actually want to take you on a journey. I'm going to tell you where my family's at, where we're going, what we're walking through, what we're overcoming. But I want to take you on a journey on how my family is growing and overcoming obstacles in our life by being diligent. Amen. Being diligent, for all you Acts class members, if you haven't done it yet, it is coming. You'll get to enjoy it. I took it, Acts 1. I'm going to sign up for Acts 2. But in Acts 1, I did a 10-minute message. And Eric told me I did well because I paused so long and I didn't know it. So I made the 10-minute mark. So if I pause, it's doing good. All right? So look, let's... Uh, <laughs> uh, so I'm going to be preaching about myself. And I, 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 my whole goal is that I'm encouraging you. Okay, my family's goal is to bring life by bridging gaps. So today, tonight, I'm going to bring life. So let's have some fun and dive into the perfect word of God. So first off, what is the meaning of being diligent? Does anybody know? And I am going to ask you to talk to me a little bit because none of my customers talk to me today. So please talk to me. What does it mean to be diligent? If you look up in the Hebrew, it actually means to be sharp or sharp pointed. I know. That's weird, right? How is diligence being sharp and sharp-pointed? Well, the whole goal tonight, let's see. I want to, I want to show you what it is to be sharp and to be diligent. Amen. Remember this for the whole message because it's going to come to a point where you're going to be sharp. Amen. For me, what does it look like? The whole thing of this message about being diligent is about three months ago, four months ago, uh, at the One Association, One Association meeting. I... Uh, I just 
there was something in me, right, that we all have a calling, we all have a purpose, and I want to obtain my purpose, right? And uh, my purpose, my calling, I believe, is to uh, act as a, a deacon and, and one day hopefully as a ministering elder. And so, but when you, when you take a look at 1 Timothy 3 and 4, you really see some qualifications. You really do. And uh, guys, that's just for a deacon. A deacon is a servant in the house of God. That's all of you, you know? And so uh, when I looked at it, I'm like, my goodness. So what it summed it up to be is to be diligent, be diligent in all that I do. So turn, 1 Timothy 3, 4 through 5. All right, good. He must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him. Oh, man. (laughs) Where's Deacon? (laughs) And he will, <laughs> and he and he must do so in a manner worthy of full respect. If anyone does not know how to manage his own family, how can he take care of God's church? Man, this hit me. How we must manage our families. I mean, I'm talking about like manage your family schedule. All you husbands, yes, you're in charge of your wife's schedule. Manage it well. Don't let her overcommit. That's your job. <laughs> it's your job to protect her from that. Uh, you need to manage your wife's schedule. You need to manage your family's schedule. So how do we do? How do I do this practically? Is what I asked, right? How do I do this practically? Well, first off, our church actually teaches us. They have the vision of having deacons and ministering elders in this place. So they're teaching us first. Hey, take care of your family. Start within your home, and then we can go from there. So. Daniel's starting within his home. I've cut back on some commitments so I can shape up my house, that I can make sure that foundation is being uh, reinforced. Amen. So that's how we must start practically. We must start from the ground up. The very basics. We've got to get back to the fundamentals. I have to get back to the fundamentals at shoring up my foundation, at, at building from the ground up. Yeah. It's reexamining everything. It's a true introspection. So where did that leave me? As I'm doing this introspection, and I, look, I got a whiteboard in my office, and I'm looking, and I'm writing things down. I'm like, yeah, yep, yeah, you're not doing good at that. Oh, but now you are. So you're, you're, you're taking these things, and you're constantly always working at them, right? And so for me, to obtain all this, right, it's constant work, but it takes constant diligence. You have to be diligent in the word. You have to be diligent in even looking into your own life and saying, Lord, truly show me what I need to change. And you know what, though? He's changing me. Amen. And, like, I'm, I have that hope that Daniel's going to be that firm pillar. He's going to be that firm, you know, on that firm rock. Amen. And that's my hope. Yes. And I see it coming. Yeah. I see my son more obedient. Today was a terrible day, by the way. But, you know, <laughs> he is getting there, yeah. you know. Yeah. Zadok will eat anything, you know, and so he, he's going to work into maturity, right? <laughs> but look, we, we, we got to start with, with, with our families, man. Yeah. We, we got to start with our families. And I'm going to take this hat off. I'm, okay. All right. So we got to start with our families. It starts with me, and it starts with you. We are the head of the family. Yeah. So let's turn to 2 Corinthians 8, 7. Please say there when you are there, or say diligence when you get there. Thank you, brother. Good to see you. 
All right. All right. All right. All right. Whew. All right. But since you excel in everything, come on, in faith and speech and knowledge and complete earnestness and in love, we have we have kindled you in. See that you also excel in this grace of giving. We need to be excelling in everything. See, I must excel in all areas of my life, no matter the terrain or obstacles in the way. I must be diligent. So whatever's in your way, how are you going to get rid of it? How are we going to get rid of the obstacles in our life? Because as men of the house, as priests of the home, we truly need to be excelling in all that we do. Truly. I need to. Big time. So what does that look like? What does it look like to excel in everything? For me and my household, it's raising kids. I know, no one else has kids in here. Uh, no one else is pregnant, you know. But guys, we, since I got here four years ago, the church doubled just in kids. Just in kids. So let's go to Deuter- Deuteronomy 5.16. Diligence. That, that is the word for tonight. Okay. All right. Honor your father and mother as the Lord your God has commanded you to do so, so that you may live long and that it may go well with you in the land of the Lord your God is giving you. So, yeah, this is a commandment, right? Honor your father and mother. Honor your father and mother. Now, you're like, Daniel, how is that? How are you being diligent in honoring your father? Yes. But here's the thing. If you want your kids to honor you, you have to be diligent enough to teach them the ways of the Lord. Are you, me and Randy are striving with everything in us right now. And we want to be parents worth the honor. Worth the honor. And it's not, it's not honor to, to be boastful and arrogant. It's honor to say, look, I have raised up a child that's in the faith. You know, I look at our pastors. I really do look at, I look at Judah. You know, I look at all of our, I look at Gabe. I get to work a lot with Gabe, wherever he's at, in the back. These men have raised up a godly offspring. And it took diligence over time, over time. It's consistency. And I can tell you, consistency has been the the downfall of my life. But you know what? It's getting better. It's getting better. Consistency is the thing that's starting to define my life. And it can do yours as well. So I tell you what, there's many times that diligence has been difficult for us to to stand on. But uh, we are getting it done by the word, by this body, and by the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So let's go to Hebrews 6, verse 10. Thank you. All right. Hebrews 6, 10 through 12. All right. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and to continue to help them. We want each of you to show this same diligence to the very end. Hmm. So that what you hope for may fully be realized. 
We do not want to become lazy, but to imitate those who, through faith and patience, inherit what has been promised. Man, that's got so much meat to it. We do not want to become lazy, but to imitate those who've gone before us. We can't be lazy. Not in anything that you're doing. Not in anything that I'm doing. Not in your work. Not in, not in your calling. Not in your family. There's zero laziness. We don't want to turn into a sluggard. Amen. See, your diligence will not go unnoticed as you see the lives of how our pastors who have labored and toiled over your life and mine. It does not go unnoticed. They have labored and toiled for your life and for your soul. They have laid everything, they, everything down. See, how can we see? We can follow the example they have set, but we must be diligent to the very end. So they're showing their diligence, right? And I'm using an example because they're a fine example. But their diligence is still going on today. It's never stopping, right? And so ours must continue to go on. Mine must continue to go on. Even when an obstacle, obstacle comes or a, a trial or a test, whatever it may be, it's, we have to continue to be diligent in where we're at with our families and with the people around us. I don't want to become lazy. The Lord is for us, not against us. We must press on to see our lives to be full diligent because this is what the King of Kings wants to do. He is with us. Not against us. As we are being diligent with our families, it then turns to those around us and the relationships our families builds. So once we are diligent within our family, right? Once we're getting all those foundations, all those cracks fixed, then what? Then it starts overflowing from our family, our, our in-house family, right? To y'all. Amen. So it takes time to build relationships, right? So once you've built your, once you've built your house... You're getting all this stuff fixed. Now you're going to start building relationships outside of your family. So let's go there. Amen. Ministry of the family and the relationships around us. That's what it is. Guys, we're, we're, we're actually teaching our families how to build relationships. That's what we're doing. That's the kingdom of God is to build relationships. Why? Because every soul matters. Yeah. Every soul matters. And I'm beginning to feel the weight of that more and more. More and more. You know, and uh, I can't help, but there's been times that I haven't gotten it right, you know. But I take passive, the, even the relationships we have here, guys. We have to work and toil even our relationships. Amen. We have to do it. I have to do it. And guess what? I'm starting to see. I had Ray. Ray was over at the house last night. Come Ray, come on, brother. I got a newfound love for you, you know. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm really loving it, you know. So. Uh, it was an incredible time last night. But you see, that's what it takes. It takes opening up our doors. It takes uh, not being ashamed, right? And saying, hey, let's share our life with each other. And you know what? This body does that more than anybody. Anywhere I've ever been. And Ray, it was a blessing to have you in the house last night. Amen. All right. Let's go to 2 Thessalonians three eleven through 12. Say diligence when you get there because we're going to get this engraved in our head, in our heart, in our soul, what it is to be diligent. All right. 
Here we go. For we hear that some among you are leading an undiscipled life. Oh, no. Doing no work at all. But acting like busybodies. All right, I'm going to stop there before we go on. How's that? Go back. Is that it? Yep. How are we leading an undiscipled life, doing no work, but acting like busybodies? That's one thing that hit me to the core. That's actually going back to managing your schedule too, guys. Okay? We can't just sit in here, right, and act busy. We're just, you know, I'm going to church. I'm going to class. But let's go to the next verse. Now such persons we command and extort the Lord Jesus Christ to work in quiet fashion and eat their own bread. This is talking about physical bread, but let's really think about this on the spiritual side. Okay? Let's not just eat our own bread and not have nothing to give. We act busy around you people, right? Oh, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, right? No. What we want to do is be able to offer something on the table. Right? So we get all this great teaching. We get it, gather it all up. And yet, we don't offer it. I want to offer it. I want to give it freely because it was freely given to me. Right? So this is not just physical food, guys. This is spiritual. We do not want to sit back undiscipled and have nothing to give. We want to give our lives for the call of Christ. And you see, remember, this is, I'm I'm speaking on behalf of myself and my family. This is what we're walking through. We can't sit back. It's getting involved. And it's, it's actually not even just getting involved. It's contributing. Yeah. You're being a part of the body of Christ. Man, and this body is fantastic. Let's go to Hebrews 10.24. All right, and let us consider how we may spur each other on towards love and good deeds. Man, we hear that scripture all the time, right? Let us spur each other on, spur each other on. We want to spur each other on, but not ride on, any, not ride on someone else's passion. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Do you follow me? I hope so. But what does it take to spur on? It takes time to spend with each other and in the same spirit. See, we have to have the same spirit, and then we'll be on the, on the right track to building those right relationships. But look, if we're going to spur each other on, we really do need to spend some time together. And I know, look, we're, you're saying, Daniel, but we spend a lot of time. I mean, a whole lot. But you got to realize the context I'm coming from. I'm talking about building relationships, guys. And for us to truly spur each other on, I actually need to know your weakness and your strengths. Yeah. I need to know your, your successes and your failures. Right. And so that's it's not just spending time. It's actually being open and transparent with one another. And I tell you what, that's the hardest thing as believers. (laughs) Because we're safeguarded. We want to just, uh, well, if I get too close, I'm going to get a little hurt. Right. We don't want to get hurt. That's what uh, that's why we do it. Right. But guys, that's the whole purpose of us spurring on. I want to spur my wife on. She's my best friend. Right. And I love her. And, and we're going to spur each other on. Say it again. I love her. Amen. Hallelujah. That's good. Thank you. Okay. All right. All right. Look, 
I thought we're going to have some fun tonight, so y'all just keep on coming. All right, so look, I want to go now. I want to kind of show you what it is to have the same spirit. All right, so let's go to Ezra 1.5. Diligence. I know, so Ezra, it is in the Bible. I like it. All right, then the family heads of Judah and Benjamin. Isn't that your name? Okay, all right. The heads of Judah and Benjamin and the priests and the Levites, everyone whose heart had moved, prepared to go up and build the house of the Lord in Jerusalem. So look, listen here. The heads of the family, Judah and Benjamin, the priests and Levites, everyone whose heart had been moved, who had been moved by God, prepared to go up to build the house. Look, they were in the same spirit. They were in the same spirit. Their hearts were moved by God because why? Because they spent time together. They were real with each other, right? (laughs) Brother, you're failing here. Brother, you're succeeding there. Praise God, right? You're building each other up. And then now you're about to start a building project to build the house of God, right? So let me tell you something. I don't know if you have ever been a part of a building project. I don't know if y'all know what I do, but... My official title is project production manager, right? Ain't that right, Justin, Mr. Production Manager? Uh, Look, building a project's messy. It's dirty. I just left one before I got here. We've been there, seems like, forever, a year at least. And, uh, you know, the lady, she thinks she's the project manager, and and, and I'm not. But that's another story. Um, but it, it's messy, guys, especially in the painting industry. It's real messy. You know, you're, you're spraying, you get overspray on somebody, you get overspray on the wall, you get overspray on a car, you get overspray on, on a TV, on flooring that you got to change out. And uh, it's a messy gig. And then, you know, and then when you have a big project, you're working with a lot of people, you know. And uh, you, you kind of get on each other's nerves. It's aggravating. I don't like you in the moment, but I love you at heart. You know, it's just it's weird feelings, right? It's a, it's a project, you know, and, and you're working through that project. And so, look, out of the years I've been doing production and whatever I do, uh, I've learned a lot in it. It really is messy. Um, bottom line. And so, but isn't that how the family of God is at times? We're we're all rubbing up against each other. We're all spur each other on. And that's a, that's friction, you know? Um, I tell you what, I'll give a real story. Another one. Me and Justin, we used to live together. Me and Justin had a lot of friction, right? (laughs) There was a lot of spurring on. But you know what? It was exactly what I needed, right? It was exactly what we needed, because here's the greatest thing. Here's another great thing. Then Matt and Cass came over. I don't know if you're, they came over. We all had to sit down. He's like, they're like, hey, Daniel, here's a scripture for you. Proverbs 27, 6. Let's go there. <laughs> Let's go there. Yeah. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. 
So look, you got to realize what I'm coming from. We've now we've spent some years together, right? We spent some months together. We're we're building our relationships. We're we're building something great. We're in this project, and and we're trying to get everything in the right place. And we aggravate each other at times, and and we correct each other at times, and we encourage each other at times, and we get upset at times. But we need to know this: this body, this group of friends here. Can be trusted. I can tell you right now, my family absolutely trusts y'all. Every one of y'all. And if you have something to speak into our lives, we trust it. We bring it to the word and we trust what you say. Because that's the relationship we have built. That's the time it's took, right? I think it's good. It's changing my life. Right? So this was a life-saving word. It truly gave me life. We trust, we trust all of, we trust everybody in this place. We truly do, because we know y'all really have our best interests at hand. And I want you to know this: I actually have your best interests at hand too. Okay. Sometimes I get a little overpassionate, you know, and uh, I need some of y'all to calm me down, you know. Uh, but, and I'm a, I'm a big man to calm down, so. Just stating the obvious, brother. Just stating the obvious. Oh, man. All right. We're going to go to our fourth section of the night. And you know what? I, I would actually, I don't even know what time right now. My, my, uh, my watch died, I think. So don't ever wear a battery watch to get a real watch, you know. This is a, one you have to charge. All right. So... Once we know this and grow, and grow from there, we can move into the community. So once our relationships are all active, right? We're all spurring each other on. There's righteousness. We're hating wickedness. Then what? Then we go from in here out there. Out there. That's those souls that we want to see, right? That's why that's so good, man. We want souls. We want souls. All right, let's go this. Come on, we're going to go on our, we're going to start hitting our workplaces up, the outer areas, and, and we're just going to see where the, what goes on. Let's go to Isaiah 57, 14. 57, 14. Diligence. Diligence. And it will be said, build it up, build up, prepare the road. Remove every obstacle. You see that? Is that? Yep. So that's the NASB. The NIV, and I, look, I love the NIV, but the NIV just says remove the obstacle. This one says remove every obstacle. You can't leave not one stone unturned. You have to remove everything that's in your way. But I tell you what, y'all, have you ever looked up the word obstacle? I'm going to teach you. Here we go. Obstacle. Here we go, right here. Uh, It actually means stumbling block, offense, ruins, or offended. What does that look like? What is a stumbling block? We're going to hit the the easy one first. Stumbling block, it could be, I don't know, maybe you watch too much Netflix. And I know that's just kind of a blanket statement, but seriously, I know I have. I've been at that boat before, right? Uh, or maybe your extracurricular activities are calling you, causing you to stumble. And I don't know what they are, but I just know that 
we cannot have stumbling blocks in our way. They're going to be there, but we have to remove them. Yeah. Remove them. Okay? But what, if we're honest, what really is the biggest stumbling block that I, I'll tell you what I, mine is? It's offense. It really is a big stumbling block. It's probably one of the biggest things that cause church division today. It really is. And another sad thing is sometimes you don't even know you're offended. I'll give you a real story. Okay? So me and my family were offended at one time. Probably more than once if we're honest, right? (laughs) But there's this one time I remember. And uh, we got offended over no one even told us anything. We got offended because someone else was offended. So we just kind of gathered in a group. was like, we're all going to be offended. Right? Well, then what happens? That offense begins to grow. It begins to cause some bitterness. And before you know it, you're like, why am I, why am I so mad being here? That's a problem. That's, that's, a, that's like a big problem. That's bigger than me problem. You know what I mean? So... Guys, we, 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 we got to make sure we, we kill this offense. I mean, Rick, have, 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 there, have you had offense? Oh, yeah. yeah. Has anybody else had offense? Uh, yeah. uh, everybody? You want to raise your hand? Okay, we all get offended, guys. But it's time that we just start squashing that. It is the biggest thing that is dividing the church today. So uh, another thing, and I'm for honest, okay? I'm going to be honest here because we're in church. And... Uh, the words of Pastor Eric, I only lie a few times on church. That's, you know. So, uh, but if we're honest, guys, um, if we, when we get offended, a lot of times it's with our pastors and our leaders. They sit up, they stand up here, they preach to us. And then it's, not, it's really not even here, right here where we get offended. It's when they're actually laboring and toiling over your life. So the biggest thing that got me, right, that got our family, I can't love you one day. You know, Wade will call me and like, Daniel, look, uh, you're doing a good job here, and that's really good. And I'm like, praise God, I love that man. Right? Doing good. Doing real good. Well, then, you know, you're driving back in, and uh, you have a big powwow. And, uh, guys, you could, you could easily get offended, right? And you end up, you end up getting mad at people. You end up getting mad at these guys. But I tell you what, we can't take the gospel lightly. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the whole truth. And what does it say, right? It is for correcting. It is for rebuking. It is for encouraging and teaching. We can't separate the three. We can't separate any of it. It's either we love them or we hate them. No more that's in the middle. We love when they encourage us. We love them when they give us a life-correcting rebuke. Why? Key word. It's life-saving. It's life-saving. My life is saved by the wonderful correction I've had. You may not see it in the time. It may take a day. But I'll tell you what, the next one should only take you about an hour. Okay? We got to get quicker and better at responding to this correction. Because it's not even just correction. It really is saving your life, guys. Okay? I'm not taking that lightly. But no more. We're going to stand firm on what God's promised. And it's his word. It's the souls we want to see. It's the marriages we want to see restored. It's the godly offspring being produced. That's what it takes. That's diligence. That's being sharp. Being sharp divides things, guys. Divides the, the, the righteous from the wicked.
That's being diligent. So look, let the bitterness die. Let it fade away. Whatever you got to do, get that stumbling block out of your life. And you know what? He'll help you. Because he's helped me. He He took the blinders off my eyes. And he showed me how special truly this place is. And I'm not just saying that because I'm standing up here. It's really impacted my life. It's changed my life. Of course, it's life-changing ministries, people. Hence the name. All right. So this is why it's key to stay in the Word, okay? So my family must take the gospel of Jesus Christ seriously at the whole part, not just half of it. Uh, we cannot take what, what we like and throw the rest away. We just can't do it, guys. And so that's, for, that's why for us, that's why what I said earlier to this tonight about that distinction... Even in, your, even in your blood families, you can't take half of it, guys. If you're going to bring the truth, bring the whole truth and nothing but the truth. I know, I'm not in court. All right. Let's go to Proverbs 12, 11. Diligence. Diligence. If we, if we do not keep... This building up, preparing, removing of obstacles, if we, if we don't keep that as a reality, right? That's a daily process when we remove stuff. Then here's what we get caught up in. Where's it at? Right here. He who tills the land, his land. That's not the right. Yeah, NIV. I got it right here. Those who work their land will have abundant food. But those who chase fantasies have no sense. All right, listen, listen. All right, all right, all right, all right. Fantasies. Where's JJ? Remember that dark fantasy in India? You remember that. Listen, you don't want no dark fantasies, okay? You don't, you don't want no fantasies you're dreaming after. You don't want no fan. You, you just want to stay away from the fantasies. And you want to start holding on to the reality of, what was it? Oh, dark, yeah, yeah, sorry. I need to clarify that. It's, it's a candy bar, Okay. <laughs> You know, that was like one of those things you had to be there, you know? And uh, I tell you what, you should all go to India. That'll solve that problem real quick. That's for you, Annan. So look, get back on track. Fantasies. You, you feel me? Okay. Listen, fantasies, seriously though. It's a funny verse. We, we, we found it today. It really is a funny verse, but how many times have we chased after something that's not real? You know, what does this look like? Well, you're in the body. We're, we're in the section of being in the body, in the community, you know, out in the community. Are you getting tied up with what the world looks like, right? Well, well, they got a nice car, or they got this, they got that. Maybe, maybe I just won't tithe as much. That's a dark, dark fantasy. You know? Listen, just stop chasing fantasies. I, I had to stop chasing fantasies and start chasing the reality of Jesus Christ. Because he's the one that set me free. And he's no fantasy. He, he is my all hope. He's everything for me. And uh, I think when you have that revelation that he's changed everything in your life, like... He's worth it all. I don't care what fantasies are out there. 
We don't want to have them. So I'm telling you right now, my family will not mess with fantasies. What we will take seriously is the heart of God and the call and the purpose he has set for us. Well, I'm on my last page of notes. I don't know how long I've gone, but uh, I really pray y'all I've gotten something out of this. Okay? So we're leaving from the dark, I mean the fantasies, to uh, we want to go to 1 Corinthians 3, verse 10. Diligence. Guys, and, and I... Reality. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, you know, diligence really is something, though, for me, guys, that just, it, it really is shaping my heart and shaping my life. And uh, we we got to continue to be diligent in all areas that we do. We want to excel in all things. Amen? Amen? Thank you. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation. And someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care of how he builds upon it. Guys, that takes diligence. By the grace of God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder, or uh, NIV is, uh, or ESV is skilled master builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care. A skilled master builder. I mean, you know. What, what is a skilled master builder in the first place? That is one heck of a title. A skilled master builder. I just got production manager. <laughs> so, what is it? Who wants to be a skilled master builder in this place? So do I. But are you so diligent in your work that someone else can come and start building upon it? Am I so diligent in my home where anyone comes in there and they look in and they're like, damn, we could, this, is, this is good. You know, you got that. Am I so diligent at building relationships that if I stepped away, someone else could step in, right? You got to start something, guys. We have to start building. I have to start building from the ground up. Look, it's no, it's no, uh, no secret, you know. I, I work for myself and I work for another company, right? And so I'm telling you, in, in, in a fashion trying to build something, it's hard. Uh, it's, it's laborsome. You've you got to toil at it. You've got to work some kinks out, right? But I'm telling you, as we build with diligence, we want to be able to pass it to the next generation, I, I want my son to be able to, to, to step on my calling and my purpose, right? And take it further than I ever could. Right? And that's the whole point of being diligent, guys, is that it's always for the next generation. If we stop being diligent in one area of our life, guess what? That foundation is going to crack and crumble the next time somebody starts building on it. We, we want to keep on building higher and higher. That's my prayer, guys. That's what my family is doing and currently working on now. That what we build will stand for the next generation. So now what? You've heard where I'm at. It's been fun. It's been funny. I've messed up a few times. 
But you know what? His word is standing. His hope stands today. So what are we going to start doing? Well, I can tell you what what I'm going to start doing. What this family, what me and Randy are starting to do right now. I need to be, I need, I can tell I need to be the head of my family. I need to teach my family how to build relationships. I need to help build this community better. I need y'all. And I know you need me. And I'm going to tell you, you have more to offer. Just like I have more to offer. More life to give. That changed my life. More life to give. So I'm going to tell you right now, perhaps we all need to be diligent in these areas. What happens if we do? What example would we set if we're diligent in these matters? What example would we set for others out there? You know, either we can start from the ground up or we're going to be ground up. And how does it start from the ground up? It starts from the ground up right here, right now, on our knees. The one thing I realize about this altar, it's not a place of shame, but it really is a place of hope. So I'm going to tell you today, as we get ready to worship, let's start from the ground up. Let's build with the basics. Let's get back to the fundamentals of who Jesus is and what he's doing in your life. And that every day we need to walk in diligence. Every day we need to walk in diligence. So as I begin to pray, do what you need to do. But I'm telling you from the ground up, we're going to build something that's going to stand for generations. So mighty God, Lord, we thank you for tonight, Lord. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for coming in here and meeting with us, Lord. Lord, that you would you would set us ablaze for you, mighty God, Lord. That we, Father God, would not run on another man's passion, mighty God. But, Father God, that your fire would consume us, Lord. That we would be diligent in all areas of our life, mighty God. Lord, that we would take true your gospel, Jesus, and getting those souls, mighty God. And getting those souls, Lord, Father. Father God, the marriage would be restored in Jesus' name. Lord, that godly offspring would be produced in Jesus' name. Lord, we love you, mighty God. And we bless you in this place, Lord. Father God, begin to grow us from the ground up. Begin to shore up our foundations, mighty God, as we are being diligent in these matters.